Welcome to Made for Profit, a podcast where we talk business in the shop and help you monetize as a maker. Each week we cover business topics to help you grow your full-time business or your side hustle. We'll also bring you interviews from a variety of people winning in their space to share valuable business insights and life lessons. I'm Brad Rodriguez, a full-time content creator running FixThisBuildThat.com, and my co-host John Malecki runs a full-time furniture company and his content site, JohnMalecki.com. We've been growing our successful businesses online, and we want to bring you into the conversation and help you grow along with us. Welcome to episode 83. Have you ever been scrolling through your social media feed and you see that awesome video that you posted last week? And after a moment of excitement that your content is finally getting some good reach, you realize, wait a minute, that's not my account. That's Woodworking Virals 5000, and they didn't even credit me. Now, this is a small example of the struggle of protecting your online content. And today we're going to talk about some of the ways that you can proactively and reactively protect your work so that you're not getting ripped off and why we do or don't use some of those things that we talk about. Yeah, man, I am so sick of that happening to my content all the time. But one thing that is brightening my experience at the moment is that Workbench Conference 2019 is right around the corner. Um, I know you and I are both really excited about attending this year, and I'm actually super pumped to be able to attend your Instagram class. You're going to be teaching there, and I'm just going to be hanging out with the crowd, um, answering questions, and mingling with the crew. Uh, As I said, we are both super excited, and we wanted to send one last reminder for each and every one of you to make sure that you sign up. Uh, The event is from February 21st through the 23rd. And you can snag up a ticket at bit.ly forward slash WBC 2019. I am am totally juiced about WorkbenchCon, dude. Last year was awesome. Looking forward to talking to all the tribe members because, man, we had a lot of folks there last year uh, that were were MFP listeners, and we love it. Thank you for all your support. And a lot of those folks were actually our patrons. So before we get into it, we do want to thank some of our new members that joined the MFP patron tribe this week. We had Sean McHenry from DI Wyatt Custom Woodworks, Tyler Bell, Ryan of Wellcrafted, and Daniel DeWitt Brown. Thank you so much, guys, for joining. If you do want to support the show and get some awesome rewards, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash made for profit and get access to the after show and some other cool rewards. John, what is going on? Well, finally, back in rhythm, brother, uh, we published a video yesterday. Crazy. And it was actually a project. It wasn't just me building out my shop. So uh, we're really excited there. The doors uh, look fantastic and we're really excited about them. Um, And we're starting to crank out some more stuff. I'm getting a few little uh, like carts built for the shop. That'll be coming out soon. Um, And both both Sam and I are just gearing up for for WorkbenchCon. He's going to be coming with me. Um, oh, nice. and the man he, behind the scenes. Yeah. 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 He's a, never a new video guy. He's never been to one of our community events, so he's pretty stoked. Um, and I'm stoked for him to get to meet everyone. We're going to be doing a little bit of content while we're there as well. Um, and I'm just excited to get back to what I'm good at, uh, being chubby and being awesome. So it's, 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 it's everything's <laughs> good right now, man. What about you? <laughs> I used to be good at being skinny. I'm not, I'm not as good at that anymore, but, um, <laughs> I tell you what, one thing I'm super excited about is we are now on Spotify. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Yes, we are on Spotify. Uh, so if you guys have been listening and struggling with having us in a different app than your Spotify or what you're normally listening to things, we are now in Spotify. I have a link to that, but you can obviously just search in there, uh, search Made for Profit in the podcast section, and we will come right up. So we are excited about that. Uh, I was able to find a workaround 
because they don't like people who are hosted on SoundCloud. But uh, I found a way to work around that. So we are there and uh, we will be there from now on. So I am pumped about that. Uh, and yeah, man, just uh, just doing some home organization, actually. So I'm moving from the shop to the home, doing some kitchen organization for my next project. And uh, who knows what happens from there? Because I'm not that planned out yet. Yeah, dude. But You're doing a lot of organization lately. I'm telling you what, uh, organization in the shop, organization in the business, organization in the family life. Uh, we have really been using January to get a lot of things in order. Uh, and uh, it's 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 been good. It's been it's been tough, but it's been good. And uh, actually, one of those things transitioning into the show topic, one of those things that I've really started to get a handle on is this whole just stealing content thing. And, uh, you know, struggled with it for a long time. So let's just jump in here. And I, and I'm, I am uh, excited to share some, some new features that I've been using that have been working very, very well. Uh, but there still are some struggles. It's, it's not a foolproof solution. But uh, so let's just talk about it, right? So copyright and stealing of content, right? So if you are not familiar with, you know, what has gone down in the past and kind of where we stand today, uh, there was a an act, and this was passed by uh, by Slick Willie, uh, Bill Clinton, under his term, and in, <laughs> <laughs> in the Digital Millennium Copyright Act of 1996. So that was kind of the foundation of online copyright and protecting your work online. So if you ever wanted, to, if you ever see the uh, abbreviation DMCA, that's what that stands for. So you'll hear like a DMCA takedown request or something like that. That's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, uh, and. And basically what that does is it just protects uh, content posted online because, you know, back in 96, the Internet was still kind of new. Right. And so they said, hey, we got to figure out a way to protect people uh, who are creating stuff just online. And, uh, you know, it's a new format. Uh, So anything that you post online um, and that you are the original creator of it, you are you are covered as the original creator under this copyright act. So you don't necessarily, and I think this is a common misconception, um, and and I am not a lawyer or a copyright lawyer or trademark trademark lawyer or anything like that, but um, to protect your works, you do not need to file a trademark or, you know, register it with copyright. If you can show that you were the original creator and where you originally published it and what date and all that good stuff, it helps protect you, right? So like, we don't have to be out there because I know that's like, you know, where you have to go through and think about, well, how am I going to protect this? And uh, for trademark, do you have like, have you filed many, John, on your side, like trademarks or copyright? I'm just like, I don't even want to deal with all that stuff for individual works. Absolutely uh, none. Like, uh, so (laughs) this is such a murky water, dude. And and it is, uh, it's, it can be super confusing. And that's why there's, you know, professional copyright, Uh, lawyers out there and that people just that specifically deal with this kind of stuff because there's just so much information that is very very hard to wrap your head around especially when it comes to digital content creation and especially when it comes to the confusion of who owns materials posted on said platforms right yeah is it just free use or is it just open source and that's what a lot of people think and i find it comical because the understanding of a platform and if you guys have been following along with any like the lawsuits against um facebook for instance uh, they are claiming that they are a platform right and they're uh yes they're not claiming to be uh, they're a they're a safe harbor 
Yes. That is the technical term. They are a safe harbor. They are just a conduit for information to be shared. Yes. And essentially, they're just a pass through. They are not claiming that they own anything or have rights to anything. Therefore, they're not held accountable for what's being used on their platform. Um, and YouTube is pretty much the same, but they have a little more strict policy on it. That's why you don't see a lot of uh, violence on YouTube. That's why you don't see nudity. And that's why you don't see some of those things, because they do try to protect the integrity of their quote unquote platform. But yeah. And to be clear, they do that so that they can get more ad revenue from their advertisers. Yes. Yes. But (laughs) you know, in context, it does, it does make it so that they're able to somewhat protect the integrity of their brand. Um, and, and, and with that is where I get confused and which is why I've never done anything like this. You know, we had the uh, instance earlier this year where an un, uh, an individual who we won't say copyright put a copyright on a specific phrasing for spe- specific trademark. usage yeah. trademark yeah and and i mean it was it just became like super murky everyone was up in the air and people were like what is going on what is happening and because it's so unclear i tend to stay away from it um and i tend to just try to keep a broad understanding as best as possible so in in instances like this what you're going to want to do is make sure that if you're creating something and you're willing to put it out there digitally, that um, you're going to get your stuff stolen. <laughs> like It's not right. It's, there's, it's inevitable. It's not a yeah. factor of if it's when. There's right? no I, way to 100 percent hold yeah. and guard your, your, your information on the Internet these days. Um, now that you know that that does depend on the type of Internet. But if you're especially if you're producing content like. What you put on YouTube is YouTube's now. You know, what you put on Facebook is Facebook's. What you put on Instagram is Instagram's. There, I mean, they can do as they please with it. They can, they can build you up or punish you in in an in instance. And and so you need to realize that you are now so dependent on these platforms. And as a someone who's trying to protect their intellectual property or IP, you know, by distributing it on a uh, <laughs> on someone else's platform, you're you're giving them rights to it. Um, and a lot of people don't get that when they sign up for these platforms. Because yeah. you, you mean you don't read through the well, 11 I pages mean, of terms of service? I'm typically trying. I'm still trying to read through like the fifth book of Game of Thrones. So I don't really have time <laughs> for that. But like, <laughs> you know, what what I find comical is that uh, specifically right now, right? Like um, there's a lot of people reposting these like acts that these required posts on Facebook, like I do not give my consent to share my information. And I I, like my mom does it. And I'm like, Ange, do you not understand that by signing up for this platform, you have given up all rights to all of your information that you put on there? Like they own the platform. They can do as they please with it. You are a member on their platform. You are not protected by anything like you. Right. By by this individual post, you are you are not doing anything. <laughs> I remember the guy, like whoever the guy or the girl that did that, and they're just like, "This is going to be hilarious!" Like all these people are going to repost this post, and I mean, that's my assumption. I'm I'm assuming that that whoever made those posts did that purely out of just. Uh, just bitter excitement of just to see that people who don't know what they're doing to post it. Uh, I highly doubt that it was somebody like because of the way it's worded and stuff that somebody that like actually knows what they're doing. Yeah. Right. They're like, yeah. or that, that, that believe that would work. Yeah. It's like, yeah, somebody's like, oh, you should. Uh, yeah. Oh, hey, like I, I saw this one, too. These are hilarious where they're like uh, it was like a post on somebody's Instagram. And it was like uh, Instagram won't let you comment 10 times in a row. 
don't believe me? Try it yourself. You know, like one of those type things. Baited you in <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. I just got 11 comments. You're like, oh, oh, my bad. Sorry, I guess that didn't work. Oh, sweet. I got juice on my post. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scum. Scum. Yes, exactly. So, but, but you're right. I mean, I think that's a great preface to the episode is that there's a lot of misinformation out there. And uh, people, um, and, and let's, you know, let's segment it, right? So what do you own and what don't you? That's a great, that's a great way to, to, to start it because um, we do own the content we create. Do you own the personal information and all this stuff? Um, yeah, sure, you own it. But what you have done by signing up for the terms of services for uh, a site like Facebook or Instagram is that when you go in there, they have the ability to uh, take that and aggregate that and use it and share it with their advertising partners. And that's why uh, anytime when you're searching for something online and then you come and see a Facebook ad for that exact item, that it's because they're sharing it and because that's part of the terms of service that they can do that. And there's some ways you can opt out of different things uh, like that, like for them sharing and having targeted ads. But, uh, but what they do not own is your actual content you make. Right. So when you're posting it there, they do not get ownership of it. Um, it like John was saying, it's just kind of a safe harbor. It can stay there. Uh, and so what what that means is that other people can't grab that either. And so if we post a video, so we'll kind of start out with Instagram, because I think that's where most of our, our listeners have a, a big presence. And there's a huge woodworking presence and community on Instagram, obviously. So what you'll see out there is a lot of these repost accounts. And we've talked about the repost accounts before and, um, you know, just reposting in general. So in, you know, just in general, anytime that you are posting somebody else's unique original content and work, technically, you should have permission to do that. That is technically that is not your work. You do not have the rights to post that. So if I went and posted one of, you know, John's river table and I said, hey, go check out this awesome river table from my buddy, John Malecki. Now, like technically, if John was feeling spicy that day, he could go file, you know, a claim on me and say, hey, he used my work and he's infringing on my copyright and I want it taken down. Yeah, dude, had a chorizo taco for breakfast. Spicy. <laughs> Super spicy, right? And but like that doesn't happen. And that's a that's a, a huge thing. Follow Friday, all those things in the woodworking community when you are reposting and resharing people's work that you know and or admire um, what generally goes with that is that you are the the point of that post is to direct people to the work, right? So you know people don't think of that, but you know basically you you are posting their copyrighted work with uh, their consent or not, and and a lot of the times that's uh, looked at as a good thing, which it is. But um, you know you are using their work without their written permission or verbal permission most of the time, and and there are um, some people who will ask, hey, can I repost that? Uh, but a lot of the times they don't, they just go for it. And and nobody really cares about that, right? That's cool. Um, and then, so let's go to the next stage is like these reposting accounts who you don't know and, you know, woodworking virals 5,000. And, you know, if that's not, and that's virals with a Z, by the way. So if you're going to make that account, make sure you add the Z. Uh, it, when you have accounts like that that are reposting, there's the two types. We've talked about them before. Uh, you know, those ones who actually credit the owner, and they can do that in different ways. Some of them will do it immediately right out front. Other ones will be like, you know, hey, uh, first thoughts and then follow Woodworking Virals 5000. Follow us for great things. And then like way, way, way down the page, they have credit John Malecki. Uh, and, and, you know, to me, those are slimy 
and not quite as slimy as the ones who don't who don't even credit you at all. But still, they're they're not contacting you, right? And those like I'm sure you get that all the time, same as me, John. Oh, I mean, I get tagged in posts that are my own content literally every single day. Um, and what I've started to do is block those individuals so they can't see my content. Therefore, they can't steal my content. Um, but my issue and concern with that is that they are not uh, reposting my content for the betterment of the community. They are doing it for their own personal benefit. Um, and what I used to do was watermark my stuff, right? Remember remember back in the old days of 2016, 17? If you go back oh, yeah. in my feed, you could see I, I used to watermark my, my stuff with my logo. And I was, that's because I was trying to create brand recognition. And when I was producing content more for resale, that was fine, right? Someone would take a photo of what I was doing and they'd repost it. And my, my logo would be on there and I'd be cool with it because – I'm trying to gain um, the visibility on the stuff I was trying to sell. But as you start to create content for content's sake, you know, the watermark, it actually becomes sort of a deterrent to your content, you know, and it looks um, unprofessional and it looks like you are essentially overvaluing your brand as far as a content creator to an extent. And it just and it just takes away from that organic vibe that a lot of us try to create in our content. It's and, the, the production, right? The production value goes down. Like if you were yeah. watching, like think about the movies, right? If you were watching a movie and like across the bottom of the movie, it said Sony Studios the entire time. Like exactly. would, that, would that take away from your enjoyment of the movie just because it's there? But you don't and, mind and seeing I mean, it on the movie poster. No, that's so right. It, that's, and it's a hot topic, though, because I mean, let's kind of let's sit on that for a minute as far as like watermarking. Like I've seen a lot of folks do it and, and like, you know, some of our friends are doing it. And I think the benefit um, there is a benefit of it. Right. So what, what do you what do you want to get out of watermarking? Right. So if I'm sitting here thinking and I've thought about it. So the whole idea is that if you watermark it and I said, you know, buy, uh, fix this, build that, uh, that you are hoping that when that gets reshared, that somebody will see that and they'll be like, oh, that's fix this, build that. Well, here's my thing with it. The people who know me already know it's mine. Mm. The people who don't know me, I, I mean, I'm just going to go out there and say there's nobody in the history of ever that has gone in and seen it on, on a photo or a video and like went and searched for it. Like they see that account and if it's not linked, you know, maybe they'll link it. And because you know, like when they, when they actually credit you, right? When they give you credit, like, what's the flow through on that? Like, less than a tenth of a percent. But who who is going to type that in? Very, 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 very few people. And to me, it's not worth the trade-off of having it on my own content. Yeah, and I think that it also depends on where you're distributing that content as well, right? I mean, on Instagram, uh, it's a much more, like, organic place. It's, it's, it's very uh, – it's not searchable via – and, well, it can be, but you have to have a really juicy post uh, via the internet. So, like – you know, I, you don't type in, um, uh, say, like, oh, wall hanging uh, clamp storage and see Instagram photos. You see the uh, you see the blog posts and you see the pins and you see the photos that are intended for the the, the general Internet, not platform um, style content. And uh, that's in, intentful. There's no um, metadata. There's no alternate data to Instagram uh, posts specifically. So watermarking them, it kind of just takes away from, like you said, that uh, production value on platform. It makes kind of sense that if you're if you're producing, say, a um, an ex- an exclusive or a highly sought after product design that is solely yours. 
that way, you know, if someone's yes. if someone's trying to for product, steal like you said, your yeah. your products, yeah. you know, I, I guess uh, yep. concept, then yeah, you you might want to use it there. Um, but I think on video content, it it's kind of like it's not necessary. Now, one thing I do like is a tasteful way of incorporating your video content with your logo. Um, our buddy uh, Keith does it pretty well at the end of his videos. He always rolls his his logo in there. I used to do it a lot. I have uh, like the drawing logo of my saw blade and stuff. And, and I dig that type of um, logo presentation at the end. The only problem being that if someone does steal and repost it, they can just cut that they can and just clip out. Trim it and yeah. clip it. Right. So and the same thing with the watermark, because you'll see that, too. Like if yep. you have a watermark, oh, they'll just crop in. They'll crop in like it. And, and I think it goes back to the to the very first part of the episode of you can't stop it. <laughs> you can only hope to contain it. Right. Yeah, you slow it down. Um, yeah. You're just going to slow it down. And and to me, I would rather have a clean. And, and so let me let me be clear. Like if you're doing it, more power to you. If, if you feel comfortable with it and, and like you feel like that's protecting you, absolutely go for it. Like I'm I'm not trying to hate on you. I'm saying for me personally, I I just I don't want to have that there. I don't have to deal with it. And I just don't like the way it looks. So for me personally, I wouldn't do that. Now, that being said, like you said, Johnny, if I had something brand new that I was putting out as a product maker and I wanted to uh, have that be associated with my name, that's a totally different story, Mm -hmm. right? I'm not trying to be known for uh, an individual piece of work or piece of art or style. And so for me, it's not as important. So let's, you know, let me, let me take a minute to take a step back and say, if you are trying to build a brand, um, around a certain style or a certain type of furniture or product, then that's where I would say, yeah, okay. I, I think that's probably a good idea. Cause then like you say, like that's why you did it early on. Cause you were trying to get brand recognition. Whereas, um, you know, for me, I'm not trying to get brand recognition around any individual project because I'm just about producing content. It's, and it's all totally different. It's more of, it's more of just the total, you know, it's the total portfolio. And it's like, oh, I know I can go to Brad's channel to go get, Woodworking and DIY videos and project plans. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's I think it, you can look at other industries and get a great example, like uh, photography, for instance. Um, you know, if you're if say if you are a specific like Getty Images right now, you can type my name in the Google search bar, right? Um, and a bunch of football photographs are going to pop up, and Getty Images owns the rights to all of those, and you could purchase them. And but if they find one redistributed, you're going to get a, a cease and desist or a takedown kind of thing. Um, and that's how their their business works, right? And so, in photography, if you're trying to protect your rights as the originator, um, you know you're not seeing Getty Images post that stuff on Instagram, uh, and it's just because it's so much easier to steal there because it's on a platform and it's not open to the general public. So, um, when you're thinking of protecting your rights and watermarking and such, you're going to want to approach social media platforms differently than you approach, say, your website. Um, and, and I think that's a good segue here because Brad and I actually both watermark our website photography. Um, and yes. that is because there's so much, um, so much infringement on, on rights and so much, you know, stealing and reposting as well as usage on platforms. So Pinterest being a huge one, you know, Pinterest doesn't, um, it doesn't deter from having your stuff on Pinterest as long as it's a, uh, as long as it's accredited properly, right? So if you go onto my blog post, you'll see I have a watermark with my logo or a watermark with johnmalecki.com. Brad is the same thing. It either says fix this, build that, or it's got a shadow watermark of your logo, uh, one of the one of the renderings of your logos. And what that does is it, it, it at least tries to validate and credit back, or it gives you the opportunity to use 
uh, something like Pinterest's integrated takedown request service, right? And there, and I think a lot of these platforms are starting to roll out with that stuff. And I think you know a little bit more about it than I do. Yeah, and and absolutely because and it's also it's it's a different thing though too, right? Because now um, you're when you do a an image search or let's let's talk about Pinterest specifically. Um, if you see, so I do in all of my in all of my Pinterest pins, and I've, I've varied it a little bit, but not much, um, you will see my kind of website header. And so for me, that's like the integrations because like in Pinterest, you, you don't know who you're looking at, right? It's just this like massive open feed of pictures and stuff. And so for me, when it, that is for brand recognition on Pinterest, uh, because I think people see pins that they like and they're like, oh yeah, no, this is a new one from Brad. So it's a, it's a different way because I don't have a way to share, um, you know, I don't have the same way to share on Instagram or that's not coming up the same way. It's, it's just a little bit different because that's also a click-through opportunity. Instagram is not so much a click-through opportunity, right? So Instagram, you're digesting it on the platform and kind of staying on the platform unless you're going to LinkedIn bio, et cetera, versus Pinterest. Pinterest is a redirect. Like things live on Pinterest, but Pinterest is all Pinterest is is a boatload of pictures that redirect you to actual content. For the most part, you can you can link up just a normal picture, but you know I'd say ninety plus percent of it is a redirect to a website, and so that is also to give people peace of mind that they know where they're going when they click on a link that has my logo and watermark on it. Um, and, and we'll talk about the takedown here, but you know, so we talked about some of that proactive. So I think those are the proactive pieces: watermarking. Um, the other thing about content, and one of the things that that John and I both do, uh, is if you don't want to have, and a lot of folks do, if you don't want to have that watermark. The other thing you can do is have your logo in your shop, mm-hmm. have it on your tools. Like I have a big, I have a big fix this, build that thing on my table saw fence. I have that picture that's always behind me in my intros. And that's in there in a lot of the different assembly shots when I'm doing a wide shot at my table. Um, I have sticker on, you know, uh, on the side of different tools, things like that. Like those are great ways to not have to incorporate a watermark, but still have your logo front and center. So that's how I go on the proactive side is using logos um, organically in the content versus watermarking over the top. Yeah, I think I'm just going to get photos of you kind of doing an Uncle Sam point. And I'll start putting that <laughs> so everyone knows we're coming for them if they, if yeah, they steal we, my stuff. But no, that's actually brilliant because that's a nice creative way to incorporate your logo passively into your content in order for you to be able to prove, right, that you have uh, original copyright uh, rights or creation rights or whatever it's called to the content itself. Because I think that is where the waters get really murky when it start, when it comes to like uh, trying to get things taken down. And I think, uh, you know, you and I were talking earlier because uh, Facebook has released a, a management system, correct for its content, but um, it, it's going yeah. about it a different way. Cause typically you would have to um, like, for instance, the takedown uh, <laughs> process on Instagram oh, specifically, my. It is a nightmare and YouTube's pretty involved as well. I mean, it does have um, options to do so, but I know it's like, you know, several uh, emails and you got to really dive into the back end kind of thing there. But tell me about that, that Facebook thing uh, that you were were trying to show me that went right over way over my head earlier. Well, and and let's hit. Yeah. So there's two things. So if you go, so we've talked about proactive. Now let's get into reactive. What can you do once your stuff has gotten stolen? So let's start on Instagram because um, it's going to cover Facebook and Instagram. Well, what I'm going to talk about here in a minute, but if you go into Instagram, you can go through the process. Like if you see a picture, you can save report and then you can see like, you know, 
other, or this shouldn't be here, whatever it is. And you have like, you have to drill down like three or four times before you actually get to copyright. Then if it says copyright, they, they don't let you do it right there. They send you to this page that is like, let me educate you about what copyright is. Okay. So I like, and I I'm on the website here. So I clicked on it. So then I go into copyright. If I click on like, learn more about copyright, it's got this whole thing. Here's some FAQs, learn more about copyright, et cetera. And then it says, if you believe somebody's using your copyrighted work without your permission, you can fill out this form and you can click on it. And then it says, uh, it asks you, is it what is being infringed on copyright or trademark? And so then you can select that. Uh, and then like, you just have to keep going and you can say, you know, I found content, which I believe infringes on my copyright. Again, after you click on that, it says in most countries, copyrights, the legal right, blah, 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 blah. For more information, visit like it, they do not want you to do this. Like, I don't know why they make this so hard. So then after you do it again, you have to click again to say, continue with my report. Then it gives you the DMCA, right? So that's, you know, going back to the beginning of the episode, this is what covers the takedowns for all these type things. So it's the it's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, and that's for you know any of these platforms that are owned and operated out of the United States will be covered on this. And uh, there are similar laws in other countries. Um, but basically, what you can do is you have to provide your contact information. You have to provide who you're reporting and what specific piece of content. So the URL to the Instagram post. Then you have to provide the URL to your work and show that, hey, yes, I do own this. And you have to give a declaration. Uh, and, you you know, you have to give your name, your address, your phone number, your email. Like, this is a very involved process. They do not make it easy. Um, but you can do that and go through it. And, and, um, and unfortunately, at the moment, this is the only way to report a picture. But... I have recently found something that I hope is going to help a ton of you guys uh, that is the thing that John was talking about, and it is called Facebook Rights Manager, and it is awesome. Dude, that long pause there, I just got to go back. That could have been the most dramatic moment in made-for-profit <laughs> history. I just want to I, note I've that been, to the audience real quick, because I'm, well, I'm over here, I'm jotting notes, I'm like researching this stuff, and then I just stopped, and I'm like, stopped. wait, what happened? It's, <laughs> That's because, like, yeah, I, I am just on, like, rapid fire, and I've, I, I need to learn so to dramatic. do better storytelling. So, yes, Facebook <laughs> Rights Manager, and we'll have a link to it in the show notes, but it is rightsmanager.fb.com. All right, rightsmanager.fb.com, if you want to go check that out. And um, as far as, so, actually, I just took John through it, um, and I wasn't sure if it was part of this Facebook Creator Studio thing that I've, uh, I'm in a pilot group of, but it's not. As long as you have a Facebook business page, you can get in there. And, and John, has, so it is an application thing. So you go to that website. It'll ask you to apply. It'll kind of ask you, hey, you know, who are you? What do you do? What's your pay, what is your page about? Um, I'm going to suggest if you are posting video. So this is only for video right now. If you're posting any type of video on Facebook or Instagram, you should go sign up for this. Yeah. Once you sign up for it, and I don't, we'll see how long, because John just signed up for it. So maybe we'll, we'll have a little update Um next week, or, or at least in the after show, um, is that when you sign up for it, what this allows you is that you can upload your content, your library, so any of the posts that you have uploaded and that you have shared to Facebook. So that's the gap here is that if you're uploading stuff to Instagram, you will also have to upload it to, fa to Facebook. But if you are pushing it, it will already be there, but you'll still have to do some some manipulation. Anyway, in uh, the... The long and the short of it is that all of your videos are housed there and you can click a link that says, 
hey, I want you to search and find any matching video content. And that's it. That's like once you set that from there forward, it will search out and find anybody that posts that information that is not a re that it like. So for Facebook, if they share your post, like that's not part of it because that's covered because they're obviously citing you. Um, but if somebody downloads one of your YouTube videos, which you have also posted to Facebook and then posts it on Facebook, even if it's like sped up or like it, the matching system is very good. So if they've redone thing, if they've put a watermark on it, it will find it. And then you can do uh, basically you can say, hey, that's mine and hit it and it will block the content. So I think that's awesome. And like, I'm actually excited that you pointed that out to me this morning. Typically, like I hate doing this stuff because it, it can be a huge pain like you were stating earlier. But um, looking at the dashboard for this Facebook business um, opp- opportunity, I guess we could call it, in the rights manager um, is like really simple. Uh, it's like two clicks uh, and boom, it pops up. You're either it's stolen, it's not. So, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully being approved. I don't think there's anything you wouldn't be approved about. Um, and, you know, being able to see how much of my content's being redistributed because um, I've had a few people in the past. Now, here's where here's where this is getting like way out of control, right? You know, we post to Instagram as teasers. We post to YouTube for full video content. We post to our websites with YouTube embedding. We post to Facebook for promotion. We post to Pinterest for promotion. We post to uh, Twitter for promotion. So, like, this content gets redistributed a ton, right? Everywhere. And so with that, what uh, what we saw specifically, so my most viral piece of content is my river table, right? And what Brad and I noticed over the course of the summer was that like it was getting picked up and reshared and reposted all over the place. But the where I actually was upset to the point of potentially driving to someone's home in order to look (laughs) them square in the eyes was uh, was on YouTube. Right. Because what we've been seeing a lot on YouTube is um, accounts are creating like these share sites. Uh, that are a potentially chopped up versions. It'll be like best woodworking quarter oh, one two thousand yeah. right? and um, yeah, yeah, yeah. thirteen best epoxy videos. And yep. it will take YouTube. It'll, excuse me. It'll take Facebook or Instagram or even YouTube content, um, and then chop it up and put it into a piece of its a compilation owned, owned compilation content, and then put it out there. Um, and I think. I think where we noticed really uh, dramatically was a, a kid asked both me and you. Um, I told him to kick rocks, and you actually dove into looking into him before telling him to kick rocks um, if he could redistribute some of your Instagram viral content. Then we found out his channel of I think he had like a couple million. Oh, yeah, uh, he had like five million. He was growing like insane, enormous channel monetized as well was taking Instagram content, not native to YouTube because YouTube does have a good backend that can notice redistribution of native content. But, but real quick on that, do you know that that is only for full content? I just realized that that's only if somebody re uploads your entire video. I did not. That's the only way that is found. So that is that's heartbreaking. Yes. Well, I guess that's why it's able to happen because most of us are typically pulling clips from full content in order to make the teaser content. But this dude was literally chopping up a um, bunch of Instagram videos he was taking from makers in our community or whatever community and then putting them on YouTube and monetizing it. And the dude had like 5 million subscribers. Had, or something. Was and I was like, and, and he was like 20 
Brad yes. was furious. I mean, I was giggling and I was like, this is, this is what a hustle. I was here. furious because I didn't think of it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, but so here's what he was doing. He was doing it the right way though. Right. So just to be crystal clear, and he was asking telling people them how much he was mocked what up. he was doing with it. Right. So like, so here's how this will typically go. And I'm sure many of you have probably gotten this already. You will get an email from a Facebook page or a YouTube account or whatever it is. And they will say, Hey, I love your videos. I would love to share it with my 15 million Facebook page fans. I'm going to give you a ton of exposure. It's free for you. It's going to be amazing. Unicorns are going to jump through the sky and shoot rainbows out of their butt. And you're going to have like millions of followers. Well, what happens is uh, that they do. And you say, that sounds amazing. Let's do it. Uh, you give it to, and they say, we'll credit you. We're going to credit you. And you say, okay, cool. Uh, what you have done by doing that is you've given them permission. You have given them, and I don't want to get too technical, but you've basically given them a verbal license to use or a written license to use your work, right? So you have said, yes, you can use it. Um, and then they, like you said, they'll do something like what John did. And either they'll chop up a 12 minute YouTube video into a two minute Facebook, vi- or actually a three minute Facebook video because then they can run ads on it or they'll do something. Uh, they are doing that to make money, right? And on the YouTube, this one specific guy, he was doing that from, he was taking viral Instagram videos and linking together 10 or 15 of them, making it a YouTube video and the amount of views this guy was getting in the monetization. I mean, he was making oh. tens of thousands of dollars yep. a month um, off of it. And it's all on the up and up because he asked those people for license. So you have to understand when you're giving that. So, and, and the, on the back end of that about the unicorns and the rainbows, the click through percentage is so abysmally low. Like if they say, even if they give you credit in the first line, it is so, so, so low that it, you know, it's so low. It's like not even worth it. No, I mean, it, well, you're going to like a 10 million, I think I had one that had five, what was it about 5 million views and I picked up, I think, 100 follows on my Facebook page from them crediting. So out of 5 million views. And what is your 4 million view on YouTube? How many have you picked up? Oh, yeah. Like, and, yeah. You know? Yeah. For, like, yeah. Like, you know, tens of thousands. Yeah. It's, it's, right. It's, so so you, like, nobody clicks you on your own stuff. <laughs> right. And so it's in my mind, I want to own it. Right. I want to keep that. But so this this whole thing, like. There's this difference. I'm glad you brought that up about licensing and people will ask you, and that's what they're asking. They're asking, can I license? And so if you did this Facebook manager that I'm talking about, so I just pulled mine up. I just pulled up uh, because a new one popped up since we talked, John, and this is actually a perfect example. So um, there is a a page, um, I won't call them out, but there's a page, a Facebook page who I'm not, I don't particularly know, but it sounds like it almost could be legit. It's not Woodworking Virus 5000. Uh, And the, the the post. So what happens when you go into this Facebook rights manager is that I have uploaded. So what it tells me is it says, hey, here's this video. It includes some of your work. And then down to the right, it says, here's your reference file. And my reference file is uh, my DIY LED desk lamp. And it says um, there is 10% overlap. So this is one. This is actually exactly what we're talking about. This is a compilation video. So there are, I'm just going to say there's 10 10 videos because mine's 10%. So if they gave everybody equal share, they have linked together 10 different clips into one video. And it tells me, Hey, your, your video shows up between two minutes and 39 seconds and two minutes and 59 seconds in this Facebook video. And, uh, it basically says, you know, and here's the portions of this specific video that it matches. And then my actions are, I can block it. 
I can give them permission um, or I can just say, hey, this isn't a match, uh, which is really weird. I actually had a, a, a super strange match. Like I had a match for like a live concert, like somebody that uploaded a video of like a live concert. I have no oh, idea dude, why it matched. You know what? They heard your karaoke last year from Workbench. This is true. It was Whitney. It was a Whitney Houston tribute band. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if you come to WorkbenchCon, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Uh, but anyway, like, so what this does it, it, and what I can do is I could, I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to say block and I have now blocked that video. And so what happens is that this is not a DMCA takedown. What happened is uh, Facebook got very smart about this because um, it's also like Facebook doesn't want to just delete things just because you said, Hey, I own that. Uh, so what they do is that they will block anybody else from seeing that but it will remain on that account's page, but it's basically just not visible to anybody else. So they've not technically taken it down and they'll send them a notice and they will say, Hey, uh, Brad Rodriguez from fix this bill that said that he owns the content to this. What do you want to do about this? Do you want to dispute this and say that you have the rights to post it? They can file a dispute and then they can say, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and this is where this would come into play. So if you gave somebody a right, if you gave somebody, if you shot them an email and you said, yeah, sure, you can use this and you forgot you did that. And I actually had that happen to me last week because <laughs> I'm just in there blasting people, right? I'm like, no, you, no, no, block, 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 block. And then um, I had a dispute. It came back and it was like uh, email sent on, you know, June 6, 2018, giving permission to post it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I did. I did give that guy permission. My bad. Uh, <laughs> and so I went in and, and gave them permission, but, um, what this basically does. So flip it over to Instagram. If you're getting Instagram videos stolen and that comes up and you hit block that will stay on their Instagram account, but nobody else will be able to see it. It is beautiful. It's beautiful. And then they have a chance to dispute it and you can uphold the dispute or then, and they actually can dispute it twice. Um, and so typically what's happened is if, if I do that and block it, they will just accept it. And then it just gets permanently blocked, but not deleted from their account. But I have had people dispute it. And it's hilarious. So this was back to your thing, John, like when people don't really know what's up and it's like, these are like foreign accounts. Yep. So it was like, you know, this one happened to be in Arabic, like the actual account name. And then, so I disputed it or they disputed it. And they said, uh, like, this is just DIY. Like that was their reasoning. Like they're like, I can repost this because it's just, this is just DIY video for learning. That's what, this is just DIY video for learning. Like that was their reasoning why they're like, yes, I should be able to post this. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's foolproof. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I, <laughs> no, hey, I mean, that's if, the, that's the, if the glove the doesn't though. fit, you must acquit. I mean, it's like, <laughs> It goes right up there. <laughs> That's the lay of the land, I, I feel like, out there for the most part. And, and I mean, I every single week I get it. And, and I think what's interesting is now I, th I believe that with the uh, Facebook monetization that we've talked about in previous episodes that you're a part of, um, with – uh, brands starting to understand that that's rolling out and that individuals will be posting natively. What Facebook should do is start coming and it will be pushing down and crushing those accounts that are um, redistributing content because it wants more uh, of its own native type content, just like yeah. YouTube does. And um, so, you know, that, that being said, uh, I'm turning down uh, at least twice a week, some requests to repost my stuff. And then uh, I've actually recently had a couple of the brands reach out uh, that I've that I've given permission to in the past because because I mean my Facebook is uh is is not the top of my uh, list of places 
where I emphasize my content creation. I guess I, that's a good way to say it. Talk um, about dramatic. Yeah, that yeah. was that was dramatic right <laughs> I, there. <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to curse. Basically, <laughs> so you know, with that, um, what I noticed is uh, these brands are starting to ask um, for monetization partnerships, to which they are going to be able to monetize their content. They believe, and that they are looking to. Um, partner yes. with people in order to redistribute their content and they'll pay you for it. Obviously they'll get paid more. Um, but you know, what, what I think is, uh, what I think is cool about all of this is to, to see how, um, some of these brands are recognizing the lay of the land and they're actually caring a little bit more for the, uh, for the content creator specifically. So that, so that'll be nice if it actually takes hold and becomes something more fruitful. But, um, you know, w- when it comes to giving your rights to someone on Facebook, the reason I've done it in the past is never actually based on Facebook exposure. It's always based on the blog that goes behind um, a lot of these brands. And there's some brands that have massive, massive blogs yes. that post to Facebook. And if you can get one of those to redistribute your content and say you don't get any of that, you know, uh, the the uh, the transition of um, influx of followers, that's what I was looking for, from their account uh, that you were expecting because they have, you know, 50 million followers or whatever. Um, what you can hope for is that they distribute it on their blog where you will be credited and then that is considered a backlink um, and right. linking to your, because if you're always requesting linkage to your website, your YouTube, your Facebook, whatever you're requesting, yep. you know, that does work to your benefit. And, and that's just a little way to kind of game it. So the, the accounts I typically allow to repost my stuff, I'm typically looking at that. I'm like, all right, you know, whatever board Panda or, you know, uh, and some engineering account, I was like, that'd be, it'd be fantastic if I, but cause they don't automatically do it. But if they decide to do it with a piece of content that does well on Facebook, that's where you're going to see a piece of juice. And I noticed that in my YouTube analytics specifically for a couple of videos that have been redistributed uh, because they did get posted with designated blog posts. And the blog yeah. post is just saying, and that's, you, know, check and you this could out. ask about that too, yeah. right? You could ask them about it and be like, Hey, what do you have any blog posts? I'd love to get, you know, make it a give and a take. Uh, so, and, and I do, I want to reel it back for just a moment because I've, I've been getting a little heated on this because I'm pretty passionate about this, as you can tell. Um, and, and I don't want to make light of the fact of like when I said, Hey, I picked up, um, a hundred Facebook followers, um, a hundred new Facebook followers to, to some pages is, is massive. Yeah. Right. So I want to Mine. give credit to that because, <laughs> because, um, you know, so so I what I want to do, and, and the reason I'm so passionate about it, and and kind of vehement about about knowing what you're getting into, is to not have false expectations because they are going to make it sound like they're going to give you something they're not. They're going to make it sound like you're getting all this reach and exposure, um, which you are getting exposure. But if you don't know, hikers know you can die from exposure, so you know, <laughs> it's not all that great. <laughs> the Oregon Trail but, taught me that. That's right. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> No, and, and, <laughs> I, this is that's this is a shout out to my editor Sam Green. That is one of his favorite quotes of all time. As a photographer, it is a great quote to say that you died from exposure because because <laughs> they're always dealing with exposure. So note to Sam, yes. if you made it this far in the episode. But anyway, yes, yeah, you're right. It. Continue. But it is. But it, it, just know what you're getting into. Okay. So um, and I know you know some of our buddies like Ben Ben Ueda mm-hmm. Ben Ueda. It's like, you want it? Absolutely. Like he lets everybody post it no matter what. Just says, you know, give me credit in the first line. Um, and, and that's great. Like that's another way to go about it. Like if, if you're, you know, some people just want their name out there and they don't care if it dilutes it because in their eyes, and I know we've had this conversation with Ben 
and he's had it on his podcast many times on Modern Makers, um, that he doesn't see it as diluting. He just sees it as as further reach. And if somebody else sees that and maybe they go and get interested and and I, I definitely think there's some some credence there. And it's not like I mentioned before, like nobody's going to go search your watermark. That is true. But if then they see it again, I mean, there there's absolutely something about brand recognition um, and, you know, they've like, oh, I think I saw that on Facebook like a month ago or, you know, two weeks ago, like whatever it was. There is something there. There's absolutely absolutely something there. So I'm just not in that camp, honestly. But, um, you know, if you're in that camp and you want to and you're just like, hey, anybody who requests, I'm going to tell them that they can have access. You know, it's not all bad. You're just it's it's a long game. It's a long game. And don't expect immediate followers from it. Don't expect people coming in. And unless they're saying that they're going to pay you for it and and some people will offer you money, too. Uh, but unless they're going to say that they're going to pay for it, you're probably not going to get much out of it up front. Um, but down the road, yeah, does somebody recognize you on YouTube because they saw something on Facebook that was reposted by a viral account? Yeah, absolutely. That could happen. And, um, you know, there, there's definitely some benefit to that there. Um, so just kind of wrapping this up or, or getting uh, towards the end of the episode here. I, what I want to say is that's the main thing I wanted to hit was this uh, rights manager on Facebook and go check that out because you can manage your stuff on Instagram and, and you'll work through it and see how that works. But um, basically what you'll have to do is get those videos over to Facebook somehow and uh, whether you're pushing. So if you also post, if you cross post to Facebook when you're doing the video, it's there, but you'll still have to go in and say, yes, please search for this. Um, or if you're not uploading to Facebook, you can also directly. So you could upload like a library of reference files, like I mentioned. So you're not even actually posting them to Facebook, but you're just saying, hey, Facebook, I own all this content. Please search for it. And if you find it, let me know. Um, and so that's the other way. And that's going to be the best way to reactively uh, take down videos on Instagram and Facebook. All right. If you're talking websites, you're going to have to go through this whole DMCA process it's different for everything. Uh, so you, the best way to do that, if like you find a website that's posting your stuff is you can go to this who is search. So there's, there's a, we'll have a link to that in the show notes, but it's this who is registration. And then you can find out basically who hosts the website and then find out and say, Hey, somebody is illegally posting my content. That is a much harder thing to do. Um, and so that's, it's just, it's really tough. So I think where you're going to have your most wins is on Facebook and Instagram. You can control your stuff if you use this rights manager. Unfortunately, it is only for video right now. Yeah, and if you're looking for the link, we will have that in the show notes of the show at uh, madeforprofit.com forward slash episode 83. You can check those out there. And while we're on the topic of Facebook, um, as we wrap up the show, if you want to jump into the MFP tribe and get engaged with all of our listeners over there, you're going to head to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. Absolutely love seeing some of the uh, engagement you're getting there. I was traveling last week, talking to a few folks. I was answering some questions on there. And my goodness, are, are our tribe members getting smart? Like uh, these guys and girls are really dropping some sound business knowledge and some advice. Um, I'm even learning from it. It's fantastic. Um, having a blast in that community. And like I said, if you want to check that out, it's facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash made for profit tribe. Absolutely. So stay safe out there on the internet. It's a scary place. Use your watermarks if you want. Take it down, block them, do whatever you need to do. But 
we're here for you. Yes. So stunner shades on, block it all out. And and let us let us know. Let us know in that in the Facebook group or in DMs. Let us know if there are other ways you're able to do this or that you're taking to protect your work because this is just our point of view and what we're doing um, and why we don't use some things and do use others. So hope you guys enjoyed it and we are going to go head over to the after show. Let's do so it. Do it, John. All right. See you guys. Bye.